Well, a big beautiful hello from here in Tokyo, from me to each and every single one of you. I hope this podcast finds you well. Welcome to the Tokyo Lens Podcast, and as always, if you're a regular listener, welcome back. So today, the conversation that I want to have with you guys, or the story that I want to share, was kind of inspired by my day. I'm going to preface this by saying I noticed in the last podcast there was like a pop or a crackle at one point in the audio. I'm, I'm sorry about that. I don't know if it's going to happen again. Fingers crossed that it doesn't. I have no idea where it came from, so let's just hope it doesn't happen. Anyways, into the podcast content for today. So I want to start with a little bit of a backstory as I love to do and the backstories of the very first time that I came to Japan. When I arrived in Tokyo, I was like, what 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 should I do first? You know, the big question, what do you do first? Where do you go? And for me, I wanted to go to that iconic Shibuya crossing that you see on TV and movies all the time. That's where I wanted to start my Tokyo journey. And so I went out, I enjoyed Shibuya, I think I had sushi the very first time, a little cliche if I think about it now, but it was good, I had a great time. But then it became habitual. The last thing I would do before leaving Japan was visit Shibuya Crossing, and the first thing I would do upon arriving was visit Shibuya Crossing. This became a constant thing for me. It wasn't that I had an affinity with Shibuya, it wasn't that I absolutely loved it more than anywhere else, it just became a habit, a routine, a, um, a ritual. A, I, I can't find the word that I'm, I'm looking for. So we're just gonna, it, it became a thing, a thing that I did every single time. Where is my English today? Sorry, guys. But today, while I was in Shibuya, shooting a vlog, I got thinking, you see, today's vlog wasn't supposed to have anything to do with Shibuya. The vlog that I shot today was me going out to the Tokyo Creative Office, sitting down with Chris Okano and some of the staff there, getting some stuff rolling or getting some stuff in motion for the future. And then I had a whole evening planned at the YouTube space and meeting up with my buddy, the Drift Hunter Albo. We were going to be doing a podcast and a little bit of vlogging together. And it kind of all fell through. Well, the second half of the day anyway. So when I finished up at the YouTube, not at the YouTube space. Oh my Lord, I'm sorry, guys. When I finished up at the Tokyo Creative Office today, I was like, you know what? I... I'm going to take a moment and just take in Shibuya. It's been a long time, a very long time since I've done this. And in doing so, I started to realize that over the years, my love for Shibuya, while it hadn't dissipated, had shifted into other areas. I no longer felt the need and the drive to get out to Shibuya and make Shibuya such a part of my life that I used to. It had become kind of... It was, it was just a place to me now, um, and it wasn't the same place that it once was. It, it looked very different. It felt very different. In fact, the entire landscape of Shibuya is changing. Anyone who's been in Japan in the last couple of years, or anyone who's coming in the near future, you will notice that basically the entire area of Shibuya is currently under construction. They're taking down old buildings, they're building new ones, they're redoing the station. Parts of the station, like the Toyoko line, has been just completely ripped out from above ground and been made into an underground line. The tracks where that were are all being cleared away. It, it's not the same place that it once was. It's a great deal of change. And this is something that we've been going through a lot lately, is change. You know... Change has always been a difficult thing for me. I was never the biggest fan of change. 
and learning to embrace change and make it a part of my life and make it a positive part of my life has been an interesting journey and I think I'm getting there. I'm starting to, you know, embrace change a lot more than I was before and I'm actually liking the change that's going on with Shibuya. It feels somewhat symbolic to me. You see, the love that I once had for Shibuya was a different Shibuya than what you see now. And while that love has I wouldn't, okay, I'm going to say while that love has gone, so has the Shibuya that I once loved. And it's not that I dislike Shibuya, it's not that I'm done with it, it's that I'm kind of waiting for its rebirth. And while I'm waiting, I'm taking this time to enjoy the other areas of Tokyo that I love so, so much more. I could list them off. Oh, there are so many. I actually love the Tokyo area, Yaisu Marunouchi. Love walking this, the tracks along the Yamanote line. Everywhere from Shinagawa up to Ueno. It's absolutely gorgeous if you're walking along the Yamanote line. But any regular viewer of the vlog will know that I have a split, a place deep inside of my heart for the area of Asakusa. And just like areas like Shibuya, Asakusa can be incredibly crowded. It is by far one of the most crowded areas of Tokyo. That is, if you stick to the main areas, the main streets, Nakamise, the temple, everything like that. But one of the things that I love the most about Asakusa, aside from the tradition and the beauty, is the back streets and the people. And this is where our story goes on to, I'd say, part two. Because a place is about the people. You can go and travel and live anywhere in the world and you'll be there. But it's about the connections that you make, the people that you meet, and the friends that you make along the way. And for as traditional as the area of Asakusa is, it's always been very, very welcoming to me. You see, we have a festival coming up in May called Sanja Matsuri. It is one of, if not the biggest festival in Tokyo. There are 100 or more portable shrines carried through the area of Asakusa for three days straight. There's drinking, there's food vendors and snacks all over the place. And it is one of my favorite times of the year. It is something that I look forward to each and every year. The atmosphere of this festival is something that you can't imagine. What I want you to do just for two seconds, providing that you're not driving or walking down the street, is close your eyes. Imagine getting into Asakusa just around sunset, all of these salarymen in their suits getting off the train and rushing in respective different directions. You see little sections of garages and everything with people set up drinking, salarymen changing out of their suits into festival clothing, tossing aside their leather shoes for straw warabi, putting on their festival gear and getting ready. They're downing beers with their friends and they're looking forward and anticipating the excitement of this festival to come. The air itself is changing. You spend Friday night of Sanja Matsuri in the Asakusa area and the feeling of change from the, the salaryman and work lifestyle over to this festival. The, the world changes. The, the color of the air morphs into something that is just so unique and different and beautiful and for three days straight it is what can only be described as a communal party in the entire area of Asakusa. The very first time that I was able to witness this festival was probably back in 2008 
I was watching it with a good friend of mine at the time. And somebody pulled us to the side and said, hey, would you guys like to try it? Would you like to carry one of these shrines? And we were like, yes. He took off the jacket that you need in order to actually carry the shrine, put it on me, pushed me into the crowd and said, just have at it. There was pushing, there was shoving, people were stepping on my feet, but everyone was smiling and having a great time. People were making sure that I got in, got a turn to carry this thing. The atmosphere was great. Afterwards, we all went drinking together and got to know each other, and it became the beginning of a beautiful long-term friendship. I'm no longer carrying with that group. I now carry with a completely different group here in Asaksa. It's my third or fourth group during my time here. And each group has created this lifelong set of friends that now when I'm walking through the streets of Asakusa, on any given day, I'll have three to four people be like, ah, hey, Norm, it feels like home. And if you spend any amount of time in an area like this, and you actually make an effort to be part of the community, which I think a lot of people don't do. A lot of people are either too shy to do, too afraid to do. They're worried that they might get rejected, or they're worried that it's really not for them, or that they're not welcome. We gotta toss those aside and make the effort, because if you do, it is so incredibly worth it. But it's not just the festivals that make Asakusa great. It's the history of the area. It is the food. As I said, it is the people. It is... The excitement of the tourists around, how much the people around you are enjoying the area. People are taking pictures of everything. People are having a great time. They're snacking and having food. Everyone's smiling. It's very, very different from going out to an area like Shibuya where people are in a rush and they're kind of serious. And it's a mix of like the locals who are trying to get around the tourists because the tourists are in their way. And the tourists who are just having a good time and taking pictures. Asakusa, especially the core area of it, is just, it's this communal feeling of enjoyment. And when you get into the back streets and you actually meet some of the people. In the vlog that I filmed today, I walked by a bar called Rastaman's Cafe. It's owned by a guy named Yuta. And Yuta, I was just walking by Rastaman's Cafe one day and Yuta was like, yeah man, come over. And I was like, hey, what's up? And he's like, where are you from? That was now five years ago, almost six years, five and a half, five and a half. And Yuta has become a, 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 my friend now for half a decade. I just said five years and then oh, I've kind of repeated myself. Sorry about that. But through Yuta, I've met so many more people. I've had so many great experiences going out to the Rastaman's Cafe and just sitting down, drinking, getting to know people. Even if I just go and I'm like, you know what? I just want some juice tonight. I'm just here for the atmosphere. It's always a peaceful, fun place where you can get to know people who are open to meeting people who are not from the area or not from Japan. So what ended up happening with today's vlogs, it became this this realization to me of the huge gap that I feel between an area like Shibuya and an area like Asakusa and the huge differences between them. I still do love the area of Shibuya. It is a city and it feels like a city. I love going, I love seeing the construction. I love being able to record and document the construction that's currently going on in Shibuya as well. There was a vlog that I did a while back, and I met uh, with the author of the book Geek in Japan, who also wrote a book called Ikigai, who's currently like number two or number three on Amazon. Absolutely incredible. And he made a point 
that through filming these vlogs, I have the opportunity to record a part of history, a changing moment in the landscape of Tokyo. Watching Shibuya change every single time I go there. You know, I still look back at the old photos I had of Tokyo Skytree because I came to Japan before Tokyo Skytree was built, while it was being built up. When I lived in Japan for the first time, Tokyo Skytree was not there. So the skyline over there looked totally different. And then when I came back the second time, it was being built. And then when I moved here finally and decided to stay, it was almost completed. It was still under construction. And I still like looking back at those pictures of the incompleted sky tree. And so I know that five, ten years from now, when I look back at the vlogs from this time and I see Shibuya being built up into whatever it's going to be built into. Some of the new buildings being built in Shibuya, by the way, are absolutely gorgeous they're just they're really classy looking buildings which puts a huge gap between some of the older let's say older architecture um not as classy buildings but it's really interesting to see it changing uh, sucks has changed quite a bit too a lot more newer modern buildings being built hotels going up everywhere in preparation for the olympics but yeah so today's podcast is more of anything, just a little bit of story time, a bit of rambling, and a bit of me reflecting on today's vlog. I haven't even started editing it, edit, editing it yet. And so this is something that I actually do to myself uh, before sitting down and editing each day's vlog. I'll sit down, I will reflect on the day, I'll reflect on the feelings of the day, I'll use that to help me choose out some music for the vlog, I'll use that to help me choose out the flow and the storyline of the blog, vlog and how I want to express it. And today, I just kind of talked through this with you guys. So, I hope that you've kind of enjoyed this conversation. I don't know why I said kind of. I hope that you've enjoyed this this story time, this conversation. I'm really enjoying getting back into the podcasts with you guys. Um, I hope that you've been enjoying it too. I say it every time and I mean it every time. If you guys would be so kind as to leave a rating with a little bit of feedback, maybe a comment for me, I would love to read it. It would honestly mean the world to me to have you guys leave a rating. If you know anybody who'd be interested in this type of content, definitely, definitely share. Thank you guys so much again for always joining me. Huge gratitude and huge love to each and every one of you. Thank you again. And yeah, we will talk to you all real soon. Bye-bye.